0: So Father, we just lift these requests to you and the needs of our hearts, knowing that, that as we have sung this morning, you are a God who, who is uh, mighty to save and, and is always there to help us. Lord, help us not to, to lose heart, but to keep fighting the battle uh, that's before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have your Bibles, open to Romans. Uh, Chapter 5, <clears throat> we see Paul's uh, primary uh, object, his uh, objective is to show the certainty and the finality of our salvation as a result of justification by faith alone. The certainty and the finality of it, and uh, this is a, a, a great wonderful truth we find in the book of Romans that uh, we are justified declared righteous by God that happens one time and we don't have to be every day being justified again we have been declared righteous by faith in Christ (laughs) and him alone and I hope this morning that that's true of you that you're trusting Christ uh, alone for your salvation I pray that is, that is true of you, and uh, if it is not, that, uh, that you would experience that wonderful blessing of knowing Christ and Him crucified, and we're going to talk about this morning how Paul is just so overwhelmed with the gospel. He is so overwhelmed with justification by faith alone that he just explodes, I think, he just kind of bubbles over out of him, and that's the way it should be with us. And uh, we have seen uh, up to this point in chapter 5, and I'm not going to go back all through Romans, (laughs) we'd be here all day, but uh, just to review the results of justification so far. Uh, First thing we see is we have peace with God, he says. Uh, He is at peace with us and we're at peace with him. There's no more war. There's no more war. We are declared righteous in his sight. Hallelujah. What a result. And then all, we, we have access uh, through Christ. We have been, uh, have an introduction into the very favorable presence of God by grace. It's all of grace. And uh, we have that now. We have that. You are in the throne room of God now. Yeah. You're, you're in the presence of God now and forevermore. And that is just a wonderful teaching. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We talked about that as being a result. One day, his glory will be reflected through us perfectly. And I'm looking forward to that because I don't do that so good now. As a pastor, I I confess that. And we need to all uh, be about, whether we eat, drink, or whatsoever we do, do all for the glory of God. And that ought to be our prayer this morning. And uh, so this is just bubbling over in Paul. And uh, and one day, of course, uh, we will see him in all of his glory, we're looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing, and all of his majesty when he comes again. And uh, that's going to be a day of days when that when that occurs. I guarantee you. And uh, and then fourthly, this morning, we're going to uh, see that uh, a a result is that we glory in tribulation, that we boast in in the tribulation and trials that come upon us. And uh, whenever I think of that, I go, oops. It's like, "Uh uh-oh. I don't do that so very well. I've experienced that, though, and I'll talk about that. But uh, uh, we will see in verses 3 through 5, and let me read that now. And not only this, he says, but we also exalt, exalt or boast glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Wow, there's a whole lot here. And uh, with God's help, uh, 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 I desire to do that. And uh, this is the further proof of the fact that we are saved, uh, that we are the children of God, and we're destined uh, for that glory that awaits us. That is our uh, the end result of what's going to happen. And uh, the proof that we want to look at this morning is The way in which our faith enables us to face the trials, the troubles, the problems, and tribulations of life. They can be many, can't they? They can be many. And sometimes overwhelming. uh, But uh, our faith enables us to face those trials and troubles. And not only that, but to boast about it. Ouch. Ouch. I'll just say it again, because uh, I don't so much. And uh, we see here, again, in this in this verse, and we'll talk about that, he talks about uh, hope in verse 4, and proven character hope, and then hope does not disappoint, and so forth. Remember, hope in the New Testament is the assurance of something not yet fully experienced. Okay, so... Hope, you have to just kind of get rid of our definition of hope because it's not hoping so. It's not hoping everything's going to be okay and uh, uh, what have you. No, this is assurance of something not yet fully experienced. And so keep that in mind, and and I'll refer back to that uh, again. But uh, a lot of time and space, as you know, in the Scriptures... It particularly in the New Testament, is given to trials and, and tribulations that come upon us. I don't know if you've, you get that from Paul, don't you? I mean, he talks about it being beaten and, and, and all that he went through. and uh, it, it, So it's a very important topic, and I want to spend time on that. Uh, and let me just ask you this. Do you glory? Do you boast about your tribulations and trials? Now, I'm not saying you're glad they come or you get all excited because hot dog. and No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but because of what it does for you, that's what we're going to be talking, The you know, because it does work positively in our, in our life. Remember, we'll see in Romans 8, Paul says, and we know that all things are working together for good. That's even the trials and tribulations are working together. I know I'm getting ahead, but... Uh, but sometimes you have to do that to, to follow through with what you're, you're talking about here. But uh, this is a real test to see whether your, your faith is genuine or not. And that, that uh, uh, is a real acid test, as one commentator said, of Christianity. How do we react in the hour of crisis? And I've known some Christians who act, have acted very badly a very poor testimony to their faith. I'm talking about when they're told by the doctor that they have cancer and it's terminal, just absolutely scream and holler holler like a a madman or something and just go running around the room and, and, and almost run into the walls with hysteria and what have you. And brethren, that is not the proper reaction when we hear about something in our life that we don't like. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's the way the world acts towards that kind of thing. And if you don't have Christ, yeah, that's a normal reaction because uh, uh, of the importance of it. But the Bible speaks very, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but uh, uh, we are going to have tribulations. Christ talked about it. These things I have spoken to you so that in me... You may have peace, and we have talked about that. We have peace with God in, in Christ. In the world you have what? Now, this is not our home, friends. I don't know if you figure that out or not, but we have tribulation. But take courage, Christ says. I have overcome the world. And that, my friend, is good news. And uh, in, in Matthew five, ten through blessed are those. See? Blessed. Wait a minute. He no, he must have been no blessed, blessed. Are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. And falsely say all kinds of evils against you because of me. Rejoice. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There's nothing new. You know, you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to suffer trials. You're going to uh, suffer... Uh, tribulations, they are coming. But what does Jesus say? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice! Amen. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Uh, Acts five forty and forty one. Uh, uh, would you uh, rejoice to suffer shame for His name? They. Uh, uh, And after calling to the apostles, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing. Again, you see this. They'd been flogged. Flogged. And they rejoiced that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Is that true about us? Something to think about there, isn't it? And Acts, Paul, after being stoned, Stoned? Have you been stoned? I mean, you didn't want to go through a stoning, by the way. What happened when you got stoned? You died. Did you know that? You know how stonings? uh, uh, You know, you think about people picking up pebbles and throwing them at people. You know, kind of in a distance. No, no, no. Stoning where you had an accuser, and you would pick up these big stones, and they would stand over you and crush your chest, and then they would crush your head. That was stoning. Now I'm not saying it occurred like that every time, but that was the, the general idea. So you didn't just get up and walk away from a stoning. It's amazing what we find here. It says but Jews came from Antioch and from Iconium and having won over the crowds they stoned Paul. In other words, they killed him and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. You no. Know, they just figured this guy's dead. And he was. And I, I really believe he was raised from the dead. That's just. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. Amen. He got up. <laughs> See? The next day he went away with Barnabas to Derbe. After they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples. You know, I probably would become a disciple too if somebody had been stoned and got up and walked around. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Tribulations are going to come. They will come. How does the natural man react to tribulation? How does the lost man react to tribulation? usually by murmuring and complaining and I have to say I've done that before even as a Christian I've done that but the nat- that's the natural man that's in in us that's the old my old man in us speaking is what that is because uh you know we we just succumb to that we we uh, complain but uh the Christian glories or boasts in his tribulation. That's what the Christian does. He boasts in his tribulation. And again, this is not you know, the idea that, that you just keep a, you know, a stiff upper lip or you boast in spite of or in the midst of. You know, It's not like you're, you're feeling one thing but you just do another even though you don't feel like, no. What he's saying is because of the Christian and his changed heart because of the Holy Spirit who was, is within him, this is what is coming out of him. This is what he's actually believes and feels. You see the difference here. This is, this is a tremendous uh, difference in just kind of passively submitting to it. You know, oh, oh, I, feel, I just feel like crying out, but I know I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to do that. And I hate, uh, uh. No, no, that's not what he's talking about here. He's, he's actually... Talking about having real peace in the midst of all this stuff that 's going on, yeah. have you experienced that is what i 'm saying yeah. say have you experienced that? I went through a lot of years before I actually experienced that, uh, but it 's genuine, and when it comes, you will know it uh, it 's not just keeping a stiff upper lip, uh, bearing with it, putting up it you know well that 's just the way it is you know that 's the way life is and uh, uh, you know, you, you you just can't take anything with you, or what? You know, all these things that come out. But no, it's a glorying or boasting because of tribulations, on account of tribulations. This is what Paul is saying here, and uh, uh, that come towards us. And this is this is what the scriptures teach. You know, the Bible talks about those uh, temporary Christians; they call them. And what they are is not, I don't believe, real Christians at all. We find in Matthew 13, 20, and 21. This is talking about the seed, of the word of God, when it falls upon the different types of ground. The one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction, here we go, okay, when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. In other words, it doesn't last. That's how you can tell if you're genuine or not, is how do you deal with the trials and tribulations of life. Amen. And none of us do it perfectly. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that uh, this is an easy thing. Because it's not. Because... Uh, some things are almost, uh, I've heard things happen to people. And just read the book of Job. I guess you can go to the scriptures. Always go to the scripture like Carl says. Just go to the scriptures, you know. But, but look at the life of Job. A whole bunch of, of bad stuff happened to this man who trusted, who trusted God. And uh, things are going to happen to us. But how do we take that? How do we respond to it when it comes because it is it does come uh, you say how could i possibly glory in tribulations how could i possibly glory or boast in tribulations what is that really talking about Well, i think it's talking about here is you know as a believer it's been appointed to you by your heavenly father it comes from god see it's not, you know, every night God goes to sleep. Okay, we go to sleep, so we just figure God does that too. And, and while God is asleep, Satan comes along and he just messes our lives up. God finally wakes up and he comes and straightens it all out. No, that's not God of the Bible at all. He never sl- slumbers or sleeps. He knows what's happening to us. Just like with Job, it said he had to get, Satan had to get permission from God to do certain things to Job, you see. And so we need to to realize that. This, as as somebody says, uh, this is a benevolent manifestation of his love. Oh, trials and tribulations? A manifestation of his love? That almost sounds contradictory. (laughs) But that's that's what's going on. I think that's what Paul is getting at here. It's a demonstration of his love towards you. Those whom he loves, he chastens and so forth. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, of course, that you like it or you're happy about it. It'd be nice to go through life and not have anything happen, you know. Uh, and no, it wouldn't. <laughs> not according to the scriptures, but that's the way we think sometimes. Why? Because it will drive you. These trials and tribulations will drive you to him. How do I know that? Go to the word of God. Look in verse 3. And not only this, but we also boast in tribulations. Why? Knowing, and this is a very strong word here in the Greek, knowing that tribulations brings about uh, perseverance. See, it's telling us right here, there's good that's going to come out of it. Tribulations uh, will bring good out of the bad. In other words, you know what God has sent into your life is his method of working in you at that time. Now there are a lot of blessings, you know. There are a lot of blessings in in uh, in, in in life. There are little there are little uh, grandbabies you can hold and love, and and I mean it just thrills your heart. But what do you do when your 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 granddaughter dies at five hours old? After you've cried for five hours and she dies. You know, what do you do with that? You see, how do you respond to that? How do you, do you get mad at God for what he's done? No. You say, God has appointed this to teach me something. Yeah. You see, we have to look at life that way. If not, it'll beat you up and it'll hurt, it'll hurt bad. Where's your trust in all of that? Amen. You know, if not, you're going to look at the wicked man down the street who has uh, a 40-foot boat and a yacht and, and these big cars and never has anything go, go wrong with them, And it's just, you know, he, you know and on and on and on it goes. And then here you are, you know, uh, your daughter's just been in an accident and, and knocked all of her teeth out. And old Satan comes along and says, You know, you say God loves you? That doesn't make any sense. This guy down the street who lives this wicked life, nothing ever bad happens to him. You see, that's how Satan works. But it's not the truth. No, because we're told by Paul that these trials and these tribulations, knowing, he said, very strong word, knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance. There's a good thing, he said, that's coming from that. You know, it's interesting. Job said, it's interesting. He says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Again, we see this word hope. That's not like he's hoping it's going to come out all right. Remember, this is assurance is what he's talking about. He is sure. He says, I have assurance in him. He says, though he slay me, I will trust him. I will have hope in him. He just tells Satan, get behind me, Satan. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to God's word and what he tells me in his word, and I believe that. Tribulation is God's way of perfecting me and bringing me to glory and to teach me. In other words, I need it. You see, that's boasting in it. I need this. See, I need this, God, because you've brought it my way. Now, what are you trying to tell me? Uh, you know, if you go into the hospital and you're undergoing an operation and uh, you're sitting there and you're biting all your fingernails off and you're full of fear and you're afraid to die, that ought to tell you something. Shouldn't it? It should. Or when you go in there you have perfect peace. Isaiah twenty six three, I think is a verse I have I'm getting ahead of myself here, but yeah, there's perfect peace. We'll see that in a minute. But he says, No, tribulation worketh patience, producing uh, patience, he says. Wow, that is that is really, really neat. First Peter one, six and seven, in this you greatly account. <laughs> You know, we keep seeing this word, don't we? They're all talking about this rejoicing and all this suffering. And Why do you rejoice? Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, and we do, so that the proof of your faith, in other words, it's proving your faith is what he's saying, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, and by the way, what happens when you test gold by fire? It gets rid of all the junk. You know, it it, it I, I've melted down in a crucible lead to make lead soldiers and bullets and so forth, and all the flux and all the dirt and all the junk comes to the top and you just rake it off and you're left with and you're left with uh, uh, good stuff. Maybe found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ. In other words, you experience, you experience the purpose for which God sent it, is what he's saying, you see. It's just amazing. But it's not like you're in the hospital and you're full of fear and say, this isn't what, how a Christian's supposed to act, and so I'm just not going to fear anymore. That doesn't work, by the way. I don't know if you've tried that kind of thing, but it just doesn't work. What you have to say to yourself is, God, I'm not trusting you. What's causing that fear in me? It must be, I'm not trusting you. I'm doubting you. I'm saying, Lord, this really isn't for my good, these trials and tribulations. Lord, Satan, I'm saying Satan is the one who is really in control. You're not. You don't know what's going on. All these thoughts come through our minds, but no, God is. He is in control. It produces patience, endurance. That's what this... This perseverance mean endurance, perseverance in truth and duty? Because, as, again, we find, uh, we find that, uh, as Paul said, for, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, but what? To suffer for his sake. The Bible is just full of it. I'm just touching the surface. You go through and start reading Paul. He'll tell you about it. What does this do to us? What does this do uh, to us? Uh, What should it do to us? Uh, It should toughen us up. Endurance should be produced in us. We need to learn submission to the will of God. We need to learn submission to the will of God in saying this is from you, God. You are not sleeping. You cause all things to work together for good to those who know you, love you, and are called according to your purpose. We need to come to the end of ourselves. It should drive us to Christ. It should show us how weak we are and how strong He is. We're powerful this morning. And I love that at Jimmy, I just went, yes, we're powerful in Christ. It's not us. There's no strength in us. It's, Christ is powerful. We're kept, 1 Peter 1, 5, by the power of God. Amen. We're kept by the power of God. He keeps us. You don't keep yourself. Wow, this is just good stuff. And we need to cast ourselves on him, depend on him more and more. Because this endurance is, and then he says, endurance Perseverance produces proven character, triedness. This is the genuineness of our uh, uh, Christianity. A hypocrite blames God, turns against God, condemns God, uh, has no use for God, rebels against God. uh, But the Christian casts himself on the mercy of God. And what does he find? Rest? Yes, that's what he finds. He finds rest in time of need. It assures him of his salvation Uh, by the way he responds. This is what this is what Paul's Isaiah 26 3 that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because why he trusts in thee like Job was talking about he trusts he trusts though he slay me I trust him and so when I was in the hospital I use this over and over again because it's so personal I was lying there and getting ready to have a a open heart surgery and and uh, you know this it, and you know you're just going through this, and you go, "I'm at perfect peace, and I just started crying because I had such peace, just such peace, but I knew it wasn't me, and then I got that verse came to my mind, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. and so I went,, huh, I must be trusting God. you see, I must be trusting God, why Because I have perfect peace." If you're sitting there biting your nails, you're not trusting God. And that's what it should teach us. And this is what Paul is saying. We boast in these things because God brings us through it. And we praise him. And, uh, uh, wow. I'm halfway through. We're out of time. As you. And then then the next thing he says is is, uh, after the provenness, he says, we see hope. We have hope. Hope. And that again is the assurance of something not yet fully experienced. But it's assurance. We have it. Paul is saying. We hope. Looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. That's a hope that is sure. It is assurance. Assurance. We know. We know, Paul says, knowing that tribulation brings patience. We know that. Why? We experience that. And we look forward to His coming. Amen. That's another way you can know if you know Him. Are you really looking forward to His coming? Praise God. I wish He'd come right now. <laughs> I, mean, I wish you would You know, yesterday's too soon. You know? Wow. And so, this is what Paul is getting at here. Let me ask you just, uh, uh, are you going around telling people, let me tell you what God has done for me? Let me just tell you what God has done for me. You see? Is Christ producing that in your life? Because uh, you'll have boldness. When you have assurance. When you get assurance from God, you will become bold. Because hope makes not ashamed. Hope does not disappoint, it says here. People disappoint, but Christ does not disappoint. We're looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Why? He doesn't disappoint. You see. And then he says, last but certainly not least, in verse 5, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. I could just make a sermon over this. The love of Christ, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. This means abundantly communicated. And how does this happen? He tells us here uh, through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. See, it's not that you come up with this love of God and then the Holy Spirit is given. No. You're born again. You receive the Holy Spirit and then you experience the love of God in your heart. You you can't get one before the other, you see, because this is is what you would call good doctrine. (laughs) Because it has been poured out within our hearts By the Holy Spirit. That's why the lost don't understand this. They don't understand the love of God. They have not experienced. They have not sat and wept when you sing a song about what he's done for you on the cross. That he's died for you. That his blood was shed for you. And all of a sudden these tears just start coming in your eyes. And you say, whoa. But that's because the Holy Spirit's been poured out into your heart. producing, Producing this love for him. It's not we we know we have to produce this. I'm just gonna try harder to love God. I'm gonna chill. I just gotta love God more. Just, no. We love God because why? We said it this morning. He first loved us. You see, that's why you love God is He first loved you. That's why you know He's got you. Because He first loved you. Amen. Amen. Man, it just I mean, this is it's good stuff. It's not your love for Him but his love for you. you. Now see that's it. It's not your love for him. I can't find my love some mornings. I get up and and you know, I want to just kind of uh hate everything I see, you know, throw things at or whatever. Maybe not quite. That's kind of extreme maybe, but <laughs> violent too in it. But no. No, I can't find the love for Christ. It's just not there. I may have a bad headache or or uh anticipating whatever no but i know that he loves me he loves me and my love for him uh, uh, his love for me does not depend on my love for him okay because he loved me first think about that just keep that in mind it's so important to understand that his love is undying his love is undying his love is unceasing. It is constant. And a lot of times we don't feel like He loves us. I feel that way many times when I get up in the morning. But He loves you nonetheless. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is given to you to make you know the love of God. That He really loves me. Just It's just... The steadfast. This is the verse of Isaiah twenty-six three. That will keep him in perfect peace. <clears throat> One back from that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I like that better than timidity. But but of power and of love. Again, we see this. See. See. God has given us not a, or has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you're in the hospital, you don't fear, but of power and love and discipline. This is the verse that God gave my mother. I've mentioned this before, and she, I went over to see her one morning. She had leukemia; she wasn't supposed to live much longer, and and she said, "Sid, I have fear. I am very fearful of dying." And I said, "Well, mother, you need a verse." read the scripture and dad uses that when he signs everything now he'll put this verse God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and of a sound and I came back the next morning no more tears but this big brilliant smile Amen. and she said God has taken away the fear out of my life and this is the verse that he gave me And you're talking about exciting. That was was like jumping up and down excitement. That's what God has done for us. Let me just ask you as we close. Are you genuine? Do you glory in the trials and tribulations which are molding you? Are you giving thanks to God? For what he is doing in your life. What do you see him doing in your life right now? What is he doing in your life? Not ten years ago. Not when you first got saved. What is he doing in your life right now? Today. Not yesterday. Today. And I'm asking myself that question. Is he working powerfully in our life that Paul is talking about in his book here? Because why? That should be the response of genuine Christians to rejoice in tribulation and trials. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. Lord, it's powerful because it's true. Lord, as your children, uh, we boast in our tribulations knowing, Lord, that they come from you and that you love us. It's because you poured out your love in our hearts through through your Holy Spirit. And we know your love. We know that you love us. And Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We, this morning, we just rejoice in our salvation. We rejoice in our tribulations because they're working in us what you have for us. Lord, help us to receive these trials and tribulations in that manner, to respond in a positive way. Help us to be more like Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.